If you like this programming, follow us over there and uh, keep track of us. We will be on ESPN next week, yet too. And follow Terry Wisham Outdoors on Facebook. We'll keep, good way to keep track of us. Let's go to the phones. And joining us, a longtime contributor from the Fishful Thinker, Chad Lachance. Good morning, Chad. Hey, good morning, Terry. It's a beautiful morning here at Horse Dudes. It's a beautiful morning everywhere. The sun is shining. It's going to be great. Now, I know you and I, we, we, trade, we traded some messages during the week and the full moon open, which is, I think you told me it's the, the oldest and largest bass tournament in Colorado, and that got you to thinking about the value of uh, uh, competition-type fishing in clubs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the full moon open is tonight, starts tonight, and uh, it'll go till tomorrow morning. It's a 12-hour all-night uh, deal, so it's definitely a, uh, a grind for the guys but um, they'll be fishing uh, strictly catch and release like most of the other tournaments or all the other tournaments I'm aware of for bass fishing. And you keep your fish alive, they'll weigh them, and, uh, and it's all for, for um, good fun and prizes. So there's up to $10,000 available tonight for the guy who catches the right. The, if it, the big bass matches an exact number they have chosen within a couple-pound range, then that person will win ten grand. So it's fun from that standpoint, but it's also important to keep in mind that these are charity fundraising tournaments. A lot of the different tournaments are just that they're fundraisers and so this particular one benefits a couple different uh i think the Lamar food bank is one of them this year and uh and a couple other ones as well but at the end of the day they're fundraisers it's a group of like-minded people get together and compete and uh and they try to win prizes and the whole reason there's prizes available is there's tons of local sponsorship for the whole thing and that's very important as well and uh even your friends at a a are uh, sponsors of this event a toppers so it's a fun event, but in general, uh, not just this tournament, but in general, tournament fishing is something that I think a lot of people don't think about, but at the end of the day, it's an excellent way to advance your skills because anytime you put competition in the frame, well, now there's going to be incentive, right, to grow your skills, and you're going to be with other people that are trying to beat you, and you're exposed to what they're doing, and so it's a fantastic way to really grow your skills in a hurry, and the thing is, you don't have to have a boat. That's a key part of this conversation because you can sign up as a non-boater and then they will pair you with a boater uh, randomly in a drawing system or some tournaments or team tournaments if you have a friend with a boat. But you can be paired up with somebody that has a boat. And in that way, you'll get to fish with a whole bunch of different people and see how each of them do everything from handle their boat to handle their tackle and everywhere in between. In my first full year with the Denver Bassmasters, which was a long time ago at this point, Terry, uh, 20 plus years ago, um, the first full year, even though I had a boat in the garage, I didn't use it because I wanted to learn what everybody else was doing. So I went as a non-boater. I got to fish with, you'll fish with, depending on the tournaments, two or three guys, maybe one guy, depending on how long the tournament is. But I got to fish with a lot of different people and learn a whole bunch of stuff in a hurry. And uh, and it just really is a great way to advance your skills. And I'll point out, too, this is not just for bass fishing. There are tournament groups for walleyes as well. And then there's other things that aren't quite the same as a fishing tournament, but there's a new ACA, American Casting Association, casting club here in, in Fort Collins, which is just a casting accuracy and distance club where it's all just competing for to advance your casting skills. And it's both fly casting and conventional tackle and spinning rods so they've got different categories so that's another way to get involved and compete 
And then lastly, I'll throw out quick, um, the juniors, the kids clubs, uh, there's a bunch of them up and down the front range. And I was a kid who liked to fish and no one knew why I was the only child of a single mom. No one knew why I liked to fish, but she just took me and dropped me off at the beach. Well, these days you've got an option where you can put a kid in a club and he'll get to go fish with, uh, you know, with various anglers as coaches. And again, they'll learn a whole bunch, get to ride around in fancy boats. And, uh, and it's really fun. They just did the national championship tournament in Kentucky Lake or excuse me, what uh, Lake Hartwell. And I believe there was something like 400 boats, 400 teams from around the country and the world that competed for that national championship. So pretty good deal, but there's lots of options for guys to get involved. No, there really is. And, Bob, you were very heavily involved in coaching some very successful youth in these tournaments. Uh, another thing, too, that uh, there's more and more people starting to show up and do things like from kayaks and things. Absolutely. The kayak club's a whole nother deal, and um, and that's a fun deal. for It's a little bit more accessible to some people. You don't have to have, as, obviously, as big a boat, although some of the boats, some of the kayaks these days are approaching boat costs, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be that way. Um, but the kayak clubs in there, some of those are multi-species deals too. So they're, you know, they might be fishing for bass here at Horsetooth one day and trout and pike at Spinney at the next tournament. So it's a, you know, a, a little bit more unique in that regard. And then you got things like, like our mutual friend, Nate Zelensky does with all of his deal where you don't really have to be a part of any club. You can just sign up and fish some of his derbies. Uh, and so that's another possibility as well. So, but, but really just fundamentally what it's all about is getting to be better as an angler and getting around other like-minded people, which you might end up making a lot of friends with. A lot of the, my long-term friends I've met through various fishing organizations because of like-minded people. And then lastly, and this is a big one in today's day and age, uh, by getting groups together, you have a little bit of political clout as well. And I, I get that we don't maybe have as much as we'd like, but you know, organizations like Trout Unlimited and BASS and the American Sport Fishing Association and several of the others have been very good about organizing an angler's voice and fighting certain things uh captains for clean water uh coastal conservation association there's just a whole slew of them that are along the same lines and still an affinity group but they're giving back to the sport in a big way and that's important too well i i, I just all i can do is echo everything you've been saying and <clears throat> but i'll tell you even I, I look back at my career in the outdoors and you know i started out I, well, I started out as an angler when I was in a little bitty kid, and I my first um, real foray into it was tournament fishing. But I'll tell you, if you look back at it, the things you said, like, first of all, it's easy if you're just casually fishing for a day to go out and spend the day and catch a few fish, and in your mind you remember maybe the best catches of that day, and you don't remember so much of the details of the bad parts or you convince yourself there weren't so many bad parts. When you're in a tournament, you're forced to analyze every move, good and bad, and forced to cut through your own BS a little bit and, and really be truthful about what's working and what's not. Well, yeah, competition, right? Any Anything you're competing at is one of those things that will bring your weaknesses to the front. I don't care if it's a, a quarterback on a football team or – or your angling skill somewhere. Uh, when you start competing, then there's a certain reality that comes with results. <laughs> and if the results aren't there, then you got to look at why aren't the results there. And so, and I want to point out also that you can be a, I know guys that have been career club fishermen, meaning they fish club tournaments locally, maybe regionally for their whole adult life, like being in a bowling league. They're not necessarily trying to be professionals or something like that. 
It's just a group of people they like to hang around with, and they keep no different than a poker night or something like that. So you can be casual, but really you're still, when it comes down to competition, you're going to want to win. And like I say, it's going to force you to analyze what's going on. And the other thing, it's going to just expose you to stuff. You're going to see how other people do things. Maybe somebody's got a rig you're not familiar with, or maybe they choose to tackle different than you, or how they handle their boat. You might learn some things, or how their boat is even set up or rigged. Uh, those kinds of things all make a difference. And the funny thing is you'll really, the, the, the really humbling part is when there's money on the line, you want to win. Everybody wants to win to get to either get your butt handed to you by the other guy in the boat with you or vice versa going the other way around. And a lot of times you can try everything you're try- you can to mimic exactly what that person's doing and you still can't catch their fish. And that's when you learn that fishing is really all about nuances and it's harder to catch another guy's fish than your own. So for me, it, it's a confidence thing to really learn the skills and apply them against other people, and it feels pretty good to beat some people. And being a sportsman, you know, deep down inside, when you lose, you get introspective and you figure out what you did wrong and try to be better for the next one. I couldn't agree more. You know, and you talked about the nuances of fishing, the similar presentation uh, with the same guy in the boat, with another guy in the boat, and how one of you will be successful and the other won't. Uh, one of our good friends, in fact, you competed on his television show, really built his whole show around that, the Steve Panaz and Lake Commandos, on having each person choose a presentation and then compete half the time with each other's presentation. And it really opens your eyes, doesn't it? Oh, for sure. And uh, and just for the record, Mr. Panaz is a freshwater fishing hall of famer. He's a good dude. That dude can catch fish for sure. And the premise of his TV show is fantastic. Uh, I had a great time with him. I, I will throw out there that I beat him. I want to point that out. <laughs> I beat him on his own show. But uh, but at the end of the day, nine out of ten times, he's gonna he's gonna win those. And, and but it's a really it's an interesting thing to see how those nuances come together, especially because there's no excuses. You're motivated to beat that guy when the cameras are rolling, and you've already made threats about what you're gonna do. Well, then you want to beat that guy. So you're gonna figure out everything you can do. You're really gonna focus. You're gonna buckle down and fish for the best you can and make your best decisions and. Uh, and that's a really fun thing. And the other thing you alluded to that I was successful coaching, I want to point out that we went. I went to the national championship twice, meaning we won the state title twice and went got to go to the national championship. The first year, we finished dead last. We tied for dead last. Out of 275 teams, we tied with like 20 other teams for last that didn't catch any fish. But I learned from that, and my kids learned from that. And on the 1,700-mile drive back across the country, we came up with a strategy to win. If we could get back to the national championship, we eked out the state championship that year, got back to the national the following year and won the whole shooting match with a plan we'd put together a year prior. So again, it's growing as an angler from your losses and, uh, and moving forward and, and figuring out. And we did that. And that's probably the single biggest jewel in my career at this point after 18 years on TV. Well, and I, I want to touch a couple other things you mentioned about fishing with the clubs too, that, a lot of the clubs have meetings on a regular basis, and then you go, the meetings aren't competitive. You, They're going to talk. You're going to find out what's, where bites are happening. People are going to talk about new presentations. And usually there are seminars, teaching seminars, where they do teach you things. You can pick up so much information and so much knowledge. And, of course, there's so much available online now, but the little nuances a lot of times don't come through until you're seeing it live or talking to somebody uh, about it. 
100%. First-hand knowledge is the real thing, and uh, and I believe that. And that's also whether it be at the, at the seminars. And I've done presentations for a couple of different bass clubs, also the Loveland Fishing Club, which is a good one for retired people. Uh, another one, not a competitive club, but they do outings together for retired people. I've done presentations for them. I've done presentations at Denver Bassmasters, the Walleye. Uh, Colorado Wildlife Association. So, yeah, absolutely, presentations there, which are good. And then the other thing, a lot of them will do conservation uh, things, like the clubs will do lake cleanup days or they'll install habitat. Uh, they did that at Boyd Lake several years ago where the Denver Bassmasters and a couple other club guys got together, some of the guys from Centennial Bass Club, and uh, and put habitat, mossback fish habitat, into Boyd Lake and uh, to help bolster uh, – bolster the offshore habitat there so there's things like that that happen as well they do lake cleanups here at horse tooth and things like cast event which you and i talk about every year on the radio that catch a special thrill for developmentally disabled kids uh, again that's put on by by the affinity clubs all the volunteers that show up for that or the overwhelming majority of them are folks that are involved in one of the clubs so again like i said it's just like-minded people getting together and and you know commingling their powers and getting stuff done and the last thing i'll echo again is political voice um as anglers and hunters and outdoor enthusiasts there's a lot of pressures on our activities from people who don't partake and we need a voice to let the politicians know that there's a huge number of us out here and we vote and all those clubs you mentioned unify that voice and and they bring that voice out there and they quantify it and tell people, hey, we have this many people and this is what they think about that. And it couldn't be more important than it is today. Absolutely. That's my that's my big one. And I am not a politically involved guy at all. The only thing I can do is vote and move on. But uh, but I make sure my name is amongst the members of as many clubs as I can, because that just demonstrates, as you say, that the numbers are involved. And um, and it doesn't matter. Some of the clubs are very, very, you know, borderline evangelical about stuff like captains for clean water in, in Florida. Some of them are a little bit more laid back where like Child Unlimited, where they focus mostly on access. But it depends on whatever. But you're right. We need the more names are on those rosters, the more political strength they have, whether you're the guy actually showing up at the at the Capitol building and rallying or not. You're at least one of the names on the list. And those numbers are big. And that's that's important. And along those same lines recruiting new people to our sport is huge because that again is voting power in the future and it's no secret we've been under attack for a while uh we as traditional outdoorsmen and so yeah getting getting together with some other folks and putting your name on whatever uh roster you can politically will definitely help out and just give us voting power uh, a little bit of a voice real quick if you're going to go fishing tomorrow let's just say you're getting ready for a sunday or monday if you want to beat the crowds where would you go what are you hearing well, I'm telling you, the high country is on fire right now, and I've got several buddies, and I have not personally been up there, and I'm generally hesitant to share secondhand information, but uh, but I've got several buddies that have been up in the high country, and uh, they're on fire right now, whereas the lowland reservoirs are getting to be warm, you know, uh, where fishing is not great. I've actually been out on horse feet uh, most of the morning, and it has not been particularly good for me. Uh, I would probably go up in the high country and whether it be some of the creeks uh, or, or some of the, you know, the actual reservoirs up higher, but I would probably make my way up the hill and uh, and get out of town for a little bit right this minute. And I think we're in that dog days period of summer around here uh, on the front range where you need to fish early or late or you need to be good at offshore stuff on your electronics. 
uh, or timing a bite, you know, just quickly, quickly timing one, but, uh, but not super easy fishing right now on the front range. The pond, any one of the ponds will be good, the bass ponds, but again, early in late, it's going to be your friend. And I'm going to the bass ponds, I'm throwing a top water frog. That's just because that's how much fun it is. And it's just as good a chance to get busy as anything else. Speaking of the high country, we did have Steve Schweitzer around in the first hour, and he echoed your sentiments. He just got back from a several-day trip up in the Rocky Mountain National Park, and he said it is on fire. They are hungry. They're looking up, and they're ready to eat. Well, if anybody would tell it, it'd be that guy, uh, given that he so, uh, but yeah, I, 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 had, I didn't hear it from him, but I'm hearing that from several buddies that live up on the hill and uh, time to get up there. And I'll tell you what, there is no fish. I'll close with this. Terry. There is no fish prettier than a cutthroat in spawning colors. And, um, you know, places like Lake Agnes, make the hike up the hill, get up on the hill. You can look down. You can find them with your, just with your glasses. And they just glow like they got batteries in them. Absolutely beautiful fish. All right, my friend. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks very much, Terry. You guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. You bet. Chad Lachance, always a great resource. And the importance of belonging to these affinity groups, I can't overstate it in today's world, but also what it'll bring to your outdoor enjoyment, uh, knowledge. It'll exponentially move you along to being more successful and learning the nuances of your sport, and it'll make your enjoyment level go right through the roof. We'll take a time out. When we come back, we'll wrap up this week's edition of Terry Wicksham Outdoors on 1600 ESPN.